So I walked into the bathroom in our recording space, and there was this, like, random old guy who I had never seen before, (laughs) and he had, like, a Walmart bag full of stuff, and it smelled really bad in there. So he had just evidently gotten done dropping a huge, huge one in the toilet. And it was just a very weird experience. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie (laughs) Podcast, also known as Tom, the weekly show in which we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever, including guys pooping with Walmart bags or whatever you said. Uh, Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Jimmy Youthy, joined by my co-host, Holden Sutter. That's me. He's got here. He's got an apple to eat. This oh yeah, week. I'm ready to eat, guys. As I do every episode. For those of you just joining us, you don't know, but I eat it a food every episode, and I will do it soon. We've got a great show for you today, featuring our uh, reactions to the Oscars and our review of Netflix's Velvet Buzzsaw. Let's do it. Woo! <laughs> That one movie podcast. Tom. <laughs> All right, Holden, you ready to play some Toms? Heck yeah, I'm ready to play some Toms. Let's do it. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire game in which we rate the news this from this week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest rating, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Let's get started, Holden. First off, those Game of Thrones uh, character posters sitting oh, on yes. the Iron Throne. What do you think about those? Yeah, uh, I think... I like them. So for those of you who don't know out there, there's a bunch of character posters out for Game of Thrones now with just a bunch of the main characters. Also, six of the characters remaining who are alive. (laughs) No, it's a a bunch of characters, including ones that probably don't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all sitting on the Iron Throne. Not together. That'd be a weird picture. (laughs) But like separately. All right, right, squeeze in. (laughs) Just they're all sitting on the mountain's lap. Um, I th- I think I I'm I would give it a Brokaw personally just because yeah. I, it has me excited. Why didn't they? There's none for the mountain, right? Oh yeah, there's you're right. One for the, I'll still give it a Brokaw or Kyburn. Yeah, what's the deal? We need Clegane Bull to happen. Clegane so. Bull, two K nineteen. All right, two Brokaws on that. Holden, Kevin Feige explained why Avengers Endgame title was a spoiler. Because people are probably wondering that. Because it really isn't. And he <laughs> said, if people knew it, that the second one was going to be called Endgame, then they would know that Infinity War wasn't going to have a like a clear conclusion, which people already knew anyway. <laughs> and he said, then he said it got blown out of proportion. But I feel like you, if you say that, you got to know that everybody looks so deeply into these things on yeah. the internet. That Kevin Feige, of all people, should know that like just anything you say or do, it, like you're going to have all the nerds, including myself, just <laughs> looking really deeply into it and trying to find as many clues and, as possible. And then they built the hype for the title name, and then it was Endgame, which is fine. Like I don't think it's a great title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm going to give this a, a broke, uh, not a broke, a bombadil. Kevin Feige, yeah. what are you doing? Hey, man, for a guy who usually has so much going, like, he knows what he's doing. That's that's a big 
that's a bombadil right there. You just got bombadil. Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Steven Spielberg. You hear about this guy? You know about this guy? He thinks Netflix fan uh next Netflix films shouldn't be up for Academy Awards because of their limited theatrical releases. What do you think, Holden? Well, jokes on him. Doesn't matter anymore because we have a Netflix uh, winner, uh, 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 Oscar winner now. So we do, but yeah. but but he wants that to not be a thing anymore. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I think that's stupid. I do too. I think uh, Stephen, you know, you, you made Raiders of the Lost Ark, you made Schindler's List, you made Jurassic Park, but uh, recently you made Ready Player One, and I think you're <laughs> kind of losing touch, <laughs> Stephen. He needs to calm down. I mean, like, I definitely still prefer seeing movies in the theater, but like, I get that streaming's going to be a big thing. So, hey, hey Stephen, why don't you go just work on Indiana Jones Five, huh? <laughs> if that's ever going to happen. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna give this a, a bombadil. Yeah, Stephen. Like, why, why does it matter? Just it's shut like, up. It's like it's like <laughs> I think it's like saying like, if it was shot on like digital or film, like oh, it wasn't shot on film, so it shouldn't be up for an Oscar or something. I, yeah, I feel like it's dumb. a similar. I mean, um, Netflix has kind of reacted to this. So uh, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman coming out, I believe, later this year mm-hmm. um, on Netflix. They're talking about are doing a ri- a wider release for that, like, but that would um for movie theaters they want that to be like ninety days before it hits Netflix, so hmm. I don't know, I feel like they're trying to compromise I think, yeah a little bit, but because I I would imagine that that would be up for some Academy Awards being from Martin Scorsese and having a whole bunch of really big name actors in it i mean unless the movie's like this like big theatrical experience or something if it's just on netflix i'm just gonna watch it on netflix because i don't yeah. have to spend extra money yeah like so if it was released simultaneously i feel like that but just what be if, do you think you would go to it in the theater if it was released 90 days before and it was supposed to be really good yeah probably yeah i think so too so there you go netflix you can just make twice as much money and appease <laughs> steven spielberg uh Guillermo del Toro, director of The Shape of Water and Pan's Labyrinth, is set to direct Zambato, a film for J.J. Abrams' production company Bad Robot. Uh, People don't really know much about this movie. Uh, Apparently, the protagonist is a lethal 10 to 15-year-old girl. What do you... When I hear the name Zombato, I think it's a combination of the word zombie and the Spanish word for cat. It's Zombato. Zon? With an Z A N B A T O. So I thought it was Zom. Okay, never mind. Not not to be confused with Zomgato. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zombigato. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't would know you, anything okay, about it. Let me it. put it this way: Would you would you be more excited about this movie or a movie featuring a zombie cat? A lethal <laughs> zombie. Oh, I'd be cat. much more excited for a zombie cat movie. But so is that Pet Cemetery? Okay, uh, rephrasing the question. Are you more excited for this movie or Pet Cemetery? <laughs> uh, probably this movie. This movie? I mean, just because Guillermo del Toro is directing it, so. What does that guy know? He only has an Oscar. Or I have a couple, couple Oscars, at least. He's got a Best he Director Pacific one. Rhythm. I think that won Best Picture. <laughs> uh, what, I'm going to give this a, a, a broker on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I'll give it a, I'll give it a Brokaw, cause okay. I like Guillermo del Toro, and if he makes more stuff, that's cool. 
Well, did you ever see 2014, uh, 2014's film Edge of Tomorrow with yeah. Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise? Yeah, Is I, it pretty good? I liked it a lot. I heard it's really good. I haven't seen it. It's from uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who's done the la- the last Is two it? Mission Impossible movies. Um, well, they're making a sequel to this movie that's that people really like. Um, the problem is it's being written by the guy who wrote Monster Trucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think you'll give this one? Mm, yeah, that's a that's a Bergeron if I've heard it. Yeah, I think it's a Bergeron. Why, <laughs> why are they getting that guy? Well, maybe he has a really good idea. Maybe. Maybe this will be his big What's breakout movie. You, know, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> Hey, I mean, James Gunn made the Scooby-Doo movies, man. So. Yeah, that's true. I'll give it a benefit of the doubt, but I'm still going to give it a Bergeron. All right. There you go. According to Jessica Chastain, the actress who is playing the adult version of Beverly Marsh in the heavily anticipated It Chapter 2, the film may have the bloodiest scene in any horror movie ever. Uh, I don't know if that's... Is that possible? <laughs> like, I mean, Stanley Kubrick literally flooded a hotel with blood. So. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I, I I just recently this summer, unless the world just turns into blood. Yeah, like I, I this summer I saw twist. the movie I saw the movie Martyrs, which is this foreign, just terrible, like <laughs> gruesome movie. I it's I don't know how to describe it, but it's just this like terrible horrible hard to watch film and that was like the bloodiest film i've ever seen like and that and that was one of those uh foreign films that's like controversial bloodiest scene uh maybe not yeah i don't know it was just i don't know do you want do you want there to be an incredibly bloody scene in it chapter two sure i feel like it's i feel like it's not gonna be that I don't know. I feel like when you reach a certain point with blood, and it's just not scary anymore. No, yeah, if so, you do too much. So I don't know. If if they do it, I hope they don't try to make it like the scariest scene in the movie because it probably won't be. It kind of just takes you out of it, I think, when it's so much blood. Yeah. Personally, unless it's atmospheric, a la Kubrick in The Shining. Yeah. But I'll give it a Bergeron. You're gonna give it a Bergeron. I'm gonna yeah. give it a Bergeron too. I I'm kind of neutral. Maybe maybe airing towards. Bombadil. Yeah. Bombaderon. That's what okay. I give that one. <laughs> Holden, you're really excited for Dark Phoenix. It's uh, your oh, most anticipated movie of the year. You know it. It was on <laughs> Go Back Listen Episode 1. It was definitely number on one, there. Number, number one. one on he didn't list. even make the rest of his list. <laughs> he it just kicked said, out everything Dark else. Let's, he yelled it at me. <laughs> we had to re-record the podcast because he broke both our microphones by how loud he yelled it. He made me list other things. It took my entire <laughs> willpower not to say Dark Phoenix that entire time. Um, but the masterfully, inevitably masterfully crafted Dark Phoenix, um, it showcased a trailer. Yeah. Uh, recently. And it showed the death of a major character, as good trailers do. <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I think... This is why we have Bombadil, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a Bombadil. I think, like, Dark Phoenix is just has not done anything to make me think it's going to be a good movie. As much as I like some of the previous X-Men movies, X-Men Apocalypse was pretty bad, and then I've just had, like, no hype for this movie. Everything I've heard, they've recut this movie and shown it, like, three times, and it's just done terrible every (laughs) single time. I don't... It just... And then this trailer came out. I thought the first trailer was, like, inoffensive, and I didn't really... It didn't 
it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And then this one was just, yeah. Why would you show this? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they must just not have any material to work with. Yeah, I, a lot of, did you watch the trailer? Yeah, I oh, watched it, yeah, in preparation it, for it this. It reused a lot of the footage from the first one, so it, I'm, like, wondering if <laughs> they just don't have that much Is it even cut it. yet? I don't know. Maybe they'll just release a series of trailers in the theater. You just go sit down and <laughs> four or five. And then you get the gist of, of what happens. Half of the footage is just the same between them all. <laughs> and it's just Michael Fassbender talking to James McAvoy. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm I'm not, not a fan. You're not not a fan. No, so I, I, fan. I, I, I stuttered there. <laughs> you stuttered? <laughs> you read through it. I, I give it a brokaw. No, it's definitely a Bombadil. Yeah, this is why you have Tom Bombadil. The only major character that should be killed off is Tom Bombadil. Yeah. And agreed. he's not really a major character. Just kill him off. Anyway. Just kill him off. We need a Tom Bombadil standalone movie. Peter Jackson has good judgment not including Tom Bombadil in the Lord of the Rings movies. That get, that deserves a Tom Brokaw. Uh, so Sansa Stark is in Dark Phoenix. Tyrion Lannister, Peter Dinklage, uh, is teaming up with Josh Brolin, a.k.a. Thanos and Cable, uh, to star in a comedy a comedy called Brothers. Is this something you'd be interested in? Um, yeah, not really. Well, uh, well, would it persuade you if some of the people behind this movie were also behind Holmes and Watson? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. You know, I was about to go back on my statement and say that, you know, it might be kind of good just because I like Peter Dinklage and I like Josh Brolin. But also Tropic Thunder. Oh. I like neutralizes it for me. Yeah. I think I... Bergeron. Him, that's a Bergeron, yeah. There we go. If I had heard just Tropic Thunder, I would have given it a Brokaw. All right. Well, good thing I report all the news. Yeah. Huh? No bias here. Holden, one of your favorite movies of all time. Is hereditary? No, it's not. I do not. The reason like why this hereditary. is just a choppy cut is because we tried to do this part and I just blew it. I could not speak words, and yeah. so I'm just gonna edit it all out. Um, Damn straight. Holden loves the movie Hereditary. It's one of his favorite movies of all time. I hate that movie. <laughs> it's up there with Dark Phoenix, which he, which is uh, one of his favorite movies, and he hasn't even seen it yet. Anyway. A poster was revealed for Ari Aster's new film, Midsommar. Uh, Aster is coming off his debut hit, Hereditary. According to Collider, Midsommar is about a couple who travels to Sweden to to visit their friend's rural hometown, which is famous for its midsummer festival. But what begins as an idyllic vacation soon turns into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Holden, as much as you love Hereditary, are you excited at all for this movie? Wow, another movie, horror movie about a pagan cult. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ari Aster, what are you hiding now, okay? <laughs> Calling it out here. No, um, I mean, Hereditary was, like, objectively a good movie, I think, for the most part, but I had a lot of problems with it that I guess a lot of people just didn't agree with. Um, so... You know, I think he. I think the guy's a talented director. So, um, is it starring anyone we know? I think I didn't see any like major names. I okay. don't think. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll give it. I'll give it a broke off. Yeah, broke off. I'm I'm gonna go against my judgment of Hereditary and go by the guy. The, judge the man by his character. You know. Yeah, I think Hereditary is a pretty good movie. 
I liked it more as uh, from an objective standpoint than from a subjective standpoint, I believe. Yeah, cool. It's pretty good. I give it a Broca as well. Uh, Holden, we're both looking forward to the Suicide Squad. The su- yeah, apparently. I'm looking to Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh, Will Smith is not going to return for it. But uh, we talked last week. Margot Robbie sounds like she will. So no dead shot in this one. Okay. How do you feel? I don't care. Bergeron. All right. <laughs> moving on. Bergeron. Uh, Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Rami Malek. The best actor. I think it's Rami Malek. The best actor winner for his performance as Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody is in final talks to play the villain in the next James Bond film. Saw that. Um, that's that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I think that's. He seems like young though. He, Maybe he's yeah. like a techie guy. <laughs> yeah. Whenever there's a young guy in these spy movies, it's he's always like a tech genius or something that this has evil plans. No, I, I like. I think that's a good, good casting choice. He's a very talented actor, and I'm interested to see what kind of villain he'd play i guess i'm gonna give it a broker on uh, i would give it a brokaw but i want charles dance tywin lannister to be a james bond villain <laughs> you still got time that guy's not dying <laughs> i uh he I'll better a, not die i'll give it a charles brokaw. dance you have to live forever <laughs> i feel like charles dance if you just saw him you'd be like that's a bond villain so if you saw him in the movie he couldn't like double for anything else he could he couldn't pretend to be good <laughs> <laughs> like everyone just be like that's the that's the guy behind this but then he could just be bad you know? <laughs> all right that'll conclude tom's for this week okay but it doesn't holden what it doesn't conclude tom's because we're doing a special tom's featurette of tom's oscar reactions Woo! Woo! half of our uh so if you didn't like that segment, you won't like this one either, maybe. Well, this <laughs> just is, kidding. <laughs> this will largely just be an Oscar reactions, and then we'll just kind of randomly give a rating at the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Should we get going? Let's do it. Hey, best visual effects. Not uh, not Black Panther. Which is good. <laughs> uh, best visual effects went to First Man. Uh, the other nominees were Infinity War, Christopher Robin, Ready Player One, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. Do you think this is fitting? I love that list. Christopher Robin. I, I think, like, okay, <laughs> Christopher Robin and Ready I Player One. I guess the CGI is and so, Yeah. No, I mean, like, okay. All Chris- objectively great movies. No. <laughs> Ready Player One especially, no. I mean, I was I was hoping for Infinity War, but I also haven't seen First Man, so. Well, First Man was my uh, favorite movie from last year, uh, other than Infinity War. So I'm glad it won an Oscar. It deserved more. It deserved more nominations, at least in my opinion. So I'm glad it came away with something. Yeah. Uh, there were some moments in First Man where I'm like, uh, CGI doesn't hold up very well here, but there are other moments where it's like, wow, everything looks great. Okay. So. Uh, maybe like deservingly should have gone to Infinity War, but I'm glad First Man won it. At least I got an Oscar, like it should have. First Man did. Yeah. All right. Best film editing. Oh, I'll give that a, a Broca. Oh yeah, sure. No, <laughs> I'll give it a Bergeron because I wanted Infinity Holy! War. <laughs> no. Uh, best film editing went to Bohemian Rhapsody. Other uh, nominees were Black Klansman, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. We can rapid fire through these. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I'll give it a 
I didn't see. I didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody. So I thought it was edited pretty well. I think. Yeah. As much as I like, wasn't impressed by Vice. I thought the editing of Vice was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I guess not. And Black Klansman. I thought Black. Yeah, Black Klansman was good. I mean, I think the editing was pretty good. Yeah. All right. I, whatever. I don't have a strong feeling about it. Bergeron. Best com- costume design went to Black Panther. Uh, other nominations were The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary Queen of Scots. I mean, I think that was the only one that Black Panther should have won. Like, or Yeah, I think that was the only one that it really should have won. I thought the costumes in it were really, really good. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'll give that a Brokaw. Yeah, same. Uh, best makeup and hairstyling went to Vice. Other nominations were Border, Border and Mary Queen of Scots. I only saw Vice. I'm going to give this a Bergeron. I'm going to give it a Brokaw. Okay. Anything else to add there? Nope. Best cinnamon toastography <laughs> went to Roma. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Um... Other nominations were Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, A Star is Born. Uh, Have you seen Roma? Hold no, on. I haven't seen any of those, so I don't have <laughs> any opinion. That's That'll get a Bergeron for me. <laughs> I will say Broca. I mean, I think the thing that clearly stands out about uh, Roma is the cinematography. So Broca for me in that regard. Best production design went to Black Panther. Uh, over the nominations, the favorite, first man, Mary Poppins returns, and Roma. Hold um, thoughts? No, I don't think that deserved it. I <laughs> thought, I mean, the only one I've seen out of that list was Mary Poppins returns, but I thought even that, like the production design of that, was far better than Black Panther. Yeah, I haven't seen the favorite yet. I really, we both really want to see that movie. Mm. Um, but That'd just from like the trailers, it looks just better. Yeah, I think the not favorite that it was bad in Black Panther, but. I I think uh, the favorite probably maybe deserved that more. Mm-hmm. And First Man's was pretty good as well. Uh, so I guess I'll give that a bur- Bombajan. Bombaran. I'm going to give it a Brokaw. Or no, not Brokaw. Sorry, Bombadil. Bombadil. Got it mixed up there for a second. Academy blew it. This was the worst award you gave out. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Best sound mixing went to Bohemian Rhapsody over Black Panther, First Man, Roma, and A Star is Born. I literally don't care about the sound. Neither do I. So just skip them. We're skipping. We're We're skipping them. (laughs) Bergeron, copy and paste to all the sound awards. Yeah. To Bohemian Rhapsody. Sorry for anyone who cares about the sound awards. Um, Best original. original, Are we skipping over song? No, we can do song. Okay, best original song went to "Shallow" from "Star Is Born," uh, over "All the Stars" from "Black Panther," "All Fight" from "RBG," "The Place Where Lost Things Go" from "Mary Poppins Returns," and "When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings" from "The Ballad of Buster Scruggs." Um, Shallow. I mean, Shallow plays on the radio all the time, so I've never seen "Star Is Born," but I know the song. Shallow is like. It's good, but I kind of feel like it was just, like, the obvious pick. Um, I would have liked the uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs one to win because really? I, I think that song's pretty good. Okay. I, I haven't really listened to that one, but I'll give this a Bergeron because I didn't have any particular interest, and I think I'll they give it a Bergeron. Yeah. I think Shallow's okay. Best original score went to Black Panther. Uh over Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, and Mary Poppins Returns. That's a bombadil. Bombadil? I think it should have gone to, like, at least Black Klansman, maybe Isle of Dogs. 
or Mary Poppins. Literally, like, any of the others I thought were better. So. I didn't think it was a particularly strong year in the best original score category. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really remember uh, Black Panther's I do, music. just because it's, like, some of the songs are, like, very, like, traditional African, like, influenced. Um, but then they, like, mix it with, like, trap beats, and it's kind of cool the way they do it. But yeah, I don't know. That's like all I remember about it. I'll give the Bergeron. I don't. I don't really care mm-hmm. about that this year. I probably will care next year. Uh, best. We don't need to go over the short films, do we? No. I'm glad a uh, best documentary feature went to Free Solo. Over. Yeah, I haven't seen. I have not seen any of them. Okay. But uh, won't you be my neighbor? Wasn't even nominated. To yeah. Be a reaction to that. Yeah, the uh, that's uh, a Bombadil Academy. That's, yeah, that's a Bombadil for that nomination snub. Yeah, won't you be my neighbor? The Mr. Rogers documentary was freaking great. Best foreign language film went to Roma, obviously. Uh, best animated feature film. Here we go. Here's a emphatic Broca from us. Yeah. Spider Man Into the Spider Verse beat out The Incredibles two, Isle of Dogs, Mer- Mirai Mirai. It's that's it's in, the foreign one that yeah. always gets nominated. <laughs> and Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah. Oh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse definitely deserved it. That was such I a good so. movie. I did like The Incredibles too, but Yeah, I did too. But yeah, so Spider-Verse was just like way beyond anything I expected. Yeah. I I was like I was not expecting that movie to be good, and it was. So, good job, good. Lord and Miller. I wish you could have made a good Star Wars movie. Uh, best adapted screenplay went to Black Klansman over the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Can you ever forgive me if Bill Street could talk and a star is born? See, I think that gets a Brokaw if it's just for Spike Lee's like a reaction. That was like the <laughs> one highlight of the Oscar clips I watched. He was, was so excited. Yeah, yeah he's he's he was so excited. But I mean, also I think it's just a really good movie. Yeah. So that's a that's a Brokaw. And and they literally just made up the story. So. <laughs> Um, they did. Yeah, so it is, for those of you who don't know, Black Klansman is, a lot of it actually, it's based on a true guy who was in the KKK, but like a lot of the characters and a lot of the events that take place in that film don't actually happen. They're just like allegories and analogies, metaphors, if you will, Yeah. of of ideas and certain perspectives from the time period. And I, yeah, and it doesn't really, like, I don't care. Yeah. I think it's a it's Great still a good movie, anyway. yeah. Um, so, it was just to say it was an adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, best original screenplay went to Green Book over the favorite first reformed Roma and Vice. Um, neither of us have seen Green Book yet. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> we'll just <laughs> get my get my feelings about Green Book out of the way. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Well, we like, haven't seen it. Well, like, Don't be too harsh on it. Yeah, Green Book could be good, but it's just like the obvious Oscar I feel pick. Like it's the most obvious out of all of everything that was... We'll get to Best Picture later, but everything that was nominated for Best Picture, it was just like the one that, yeah, of course it won. I'm a little surprised that The Favorite didn't win this one. I, th- I thought this was going to be the one that The Favorite would win. Yeah of all the uh, nominations. Did favorite the favorite win anything? Yeah, and we'll get to it later. All right. Um, next up is Best Supporting Actress, Regina King in If Beale Street Could Talk. 
beating out Amy Adams, Marina De Tavera, uh, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weiss. Um, I mean, I haven't seen it. I haven't yeah. seen if Beale Street could talk. So Nobody, <laughs> you and the rest of the world, because <laughs> did it get a wide release? Beale Street um, I can't. I mean, it must have gotten. It was in December of, when it came yeah, out. That one really flew un- under the radar. Um. I mean, Amy Adams was good as Lynn Cheney, I thought, but that was—that's the only other—that's the only performance on the list I've seen. So you know what? I'll gi- I'll give a benefit of the doubt and give it a Brokaw. Okay. We've been <laughs> we've been missing some of these ratings. Some of them we just haven't said. <laughs> I've noticed as we've been going. <laughs> <laughs> quantity over quality here at Tom. Uh, I think you can surmise how we feel about these categories. If we just kind of glossed over it, we probably just didn't care. So it's <laughs> yeah. a first round. Uh, I'll give it a uh, Broca, sure. Uh, best Supporting Actor went to Mahershala Ali um, for Green Book, beating out Adam Driver, Sam Elliott, Richard E. Grant, and Sam Rockwell. Um, I've, Okay, I haven't seen A Star is Born, but I've heard Sam Elliott is like really, really good in that. Hmm. Um, but... You know, Mahershala Ali is really just great in everything he does, everything I've seen him in, so he probably deserves it. Yeah, probably. I'll and give it a Brokaw. Yeah, Brokaw. Even yeah. though that's a, gre- that's a Green Book nomination, we just said we don't care about Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> give it a Brokaw. Best Actress went to Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, uh, bidding out Yelitsa Aparicio, Glenn Close, Lady Gaga, and Melissa McCarthy. Um... I'll give it a Broca. I'll give it a I'll the, give it a Bergeron because I wanted Melissa McCarthy to win just so then she'd win a, <laughs> a <laughs> Razzie and an Oscar in the same year. Um no, I mean Glenn Close has not earned an Oscar before. Like apparently that's what I've heard. I, I guess someone could fact check me on that, but I that surprises me. So I, even though I don't know hardly anything about the movie she's in, um kind of wish she had gotten it but then again i've heard the favorites great so you know what give it a bergeron just because of my mixed feelings about it all right best actor went to rami malek from bohemian rhapsody uh beating out christian bale bradley cooper willem dafoe and vigo mortensen me personally that's a uh that's a that's a brokaw i would say that's a a brokaw overall i think there's a, a lot of good performances yeah I do Pretty too. strong category. I mean, you have Willem Dafoe, so. Oh yeah. Who I want to so play. That, so automatically, to, this was the strongest category. I want Willem Dafoe to play me in my biopic, even though he's like forty years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sp- Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. Best director went to Alfonso Cuarón for Roma, beating out uh, Yorgos Lanthimos of the favorite Spike Lee uh, in Black Klansman, Adam McKay for Vice, and. Paul, 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 the the Polish guy who did Cold War. <laughs> um, Paul Polakowski. Uh, Pawlikowski, maybe. Pavel, Pavel Pawlikowski. I'm gonna go with that. There we go. Good job. <laughs> that took too long. Um, Just like the Cold War, am I right? Oh, oh. good, smooth one. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'll give it a Brokaw. Um. I would have liked to see Yorgos win one. I, I, I've repeated this several times. I haven't seen The Favorite yet, but I really like his other movies he's done. So at least I seeing him get a nomination is good. But yeah, uh, Roma looks good. 
beautiful, at least visually. So, what are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, Roma, good visually, well directed. I'll give it a Brokaw. Alfonso Cuaron, he has, can add another Oscar to his collection. Holden, the the big one, the the one that the Oscars never messes up, <laughs> and always only gives it to great movies that are incredibly important and radical and not safe at all. Oh yeah, you see you ever see Shakespeare in Love? Phenomenal movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh best picture this year went to Green Book, which we haven't seen, so we're not going to be too harsh on it, but it seems fine. Yep. It beat out Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Who would you or what movie would you like like to see win Best Picture, or do you um, think maybe deserved Best Picture? Okay, well, what I des- think deserved it is probably either a favorite or Roma. Uh, haven't seen either, but I've just heard great things about both. And then what I out of what I've seen, what I would like to see win would be Black Klansman. Uh, all right, I think Roma probably deserved it. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I probably wanted it to win. Even I didn't like love watching it. I mean, it's not like a very like super entertaining movie, but it's it is well, very well done, and it just it does ooze quality. And the cinematography is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been cool to see a foreign film win Best Picture for once. And so I would have gone with Roma, and I thought Roma was gonna win, and then it didn't, and it went to Green Book. Oh well. So I'm gonna give that. A bombadil okay. academy. <laughs> Overall thoughts, Holden. To wrap this up, how do, what do you give the ninety first Academy Awards uh, on a scale of Tom's? Walking with some through, comments? walking through it, it wasn't as much of a train wreck as I thought it was going to be. Um, but incorporate everything else with it. The whole experience, the lead up, everything. Oh well, if I'm including everything the Academy's done this year leading up to it, it's probably a bombadil. Yeah. But, like, if I'm just going by the awards themselves, I'll give it a Bergeron. I agree with that. Yeah. There you go. That wraps up this special version of Tom's. Check it out next year when we may or may not do it again and may or may not even have a podcast anymore. We'll be, we'll be here. We'll be here. Whether or not anyone's listening. We'll just be talking at each other in the <laughs> studio without microphones. Exactly. All right. Are we doing random segment now? I think it's time for a random segment. Hell yeah! All right, Holden, you're in charge this week. <laughs> what are we doing? I'm kind of, I'm kind of scared every time you're in charge because I, I honestly don't know what he has <laughs> planned ever. See, like I feel bad because last year, or last year, goddamn, last week, you, you stepped it up by making it a little bit more interactive, and I don't have that this week. But I'm gonna throw some stuff at you. Don't worry, my one for next week is also heavily interactive. Okay. Um, so this week, I figured uh, our random segment is going to be predicting the future and also, in a very morbid way, predicting how and when various famous people are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a list here of various randomly picked uh, celebrities. Well, they're not so randomly picked, but uh, they're of varying ages and um such uh just a disclaimer uh we don't want these people to die yeah and we want them to all live nice long lives and pass away very peacefully in their sleep but we will embellish things for the sake of entertainment and we certainly mean nothing behind these maybe you don't i well i won't speak <laughs> for all of them, but <laughs> i just want uh 
I want people to make sure they know that. All right, I'm going to be throwing these names at you. Too deep into this. Yeah. Okay, so how about this? Number one, Jack Nicholson. Jack. How much longer do you think he's going to live, and how do you think <laughs> well, he's going to die? Is he? Did you include ages? I did not include okay, ages. I will, look, I will look up all these people. Jack Nicholson age. John Joseph Nicholson. His real name's John? Okay. Breaking news. <laughs> Top exclusive. His real name is John Joseph Nicholson. He's 81 years old. He's 81. <laughs> he looks the same <laughs> as he did 30 years ago. Jack Nicholson is going to live 30 more years, and he's going to be pushed off a clock tower by, or church, t- whatever it is. He's going to fall off a tower, a bell tower, um, and die like he did in 1989 Batman. Okay. Good prediction. What is your prediction? Oh. You have to do it, too. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go the Futurama route, and I'm going to... Uh, he's going to be 111 years old when he dies, just to clarify. Oh, okay. Um, I think he's going to live a very, very long time because they're just going to put his... Um, they're going to put his mind into a gorilla's body, which is what happens <laughs> in Futurama. So. <laughs> so he doesn't die. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, he's still alive in the year Cheating 3000. Cheating the system, Holden. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Um, who's next? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is what? He's in his 30s, maybe? Yeah, I'm guessing 30, maybe 40. Tom Hardy 41. is okay. 41 That's years old. old. He is going to live another four, 45 years. Okay. Nice age of 86. After a long, full life. Of wearing masks. Of wearing masks. <laughs> he's going to die of suffocation because he's wearing a mask that he can't breathe out of. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It's only fitting that a man who wears that his, many masks his, dies his wearing oxygen, a mask. <laughs> you know, he's he's scuba or he's like has an oxygen mask in space, Ooh. outside, and then the oxygen tank explodes. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I dig that. He's got to be wearing some sort of mask. Meanwhile, I think that he's no. He's, he wears a mask when he's driving, <laughs> but it's not a mask. It's just a blindfold. <laughs> and he's driving when he's 86. Meanwhile, I think he's just going to keep on living and uh, because he's going to get an alien symbiote attached to him. And he's just going <laughs> to... Holden, your people have to die. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, Tom Hardy's still alive, too. Okay. Um, next up, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> How old is Queen Elizabeth? Oh, no. Queen Elizabeth age. Holden, what's your guess? Well, you just saw it. it. 92 years old. I'm going to make you guess the next one if you don't know it. 92. Well, this is a trick question because she's never going to (laughs) die. Damn it, that's my thing. I was going to say she could never die too. Okay. (laughs) Well, do do reptilians die? Ooh, you're right. She's a lizard person. All right, Uh, well, we we might as well skip this because we'd just be wasting our time. (laughs) She's not dying. (laughs) She's not going to die. It's not going to happen. Next up, Charlize Theron. Who? Uh, how do you spell that? C H A R L I Z E. I think that's how you s- pronounce her name. Charlize Theron. Yeah, forty-three years old. Um, and I haven't really seen a lot of her movies, so she's very talented. American South African. Hmm. You know, I don't really know anything about Charlize Theron. Um. Well, that gets a bombadil. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, she's she's just she's gonna trip and she's gonna fall off a cliff. There we go. At the age of ninety. 
Okay. Because she's blind. And That's the sad. Nurse, and the nursing home where she lives is on a cliff, and they don't have any fences for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's sad. Wow. What? Meanwhile, uh... Yeah, this one, uh, she, she's just going to keep living. Um, she's not going to die. <laughs> People have to die all the <laughs> I understand Queen Elizabeth, but you have to kill someone off. All this. right, I'll kill someone off at some point. Um, yeah, Charlie's there, Please. and she's just going to live. So uh, I don't have a reason why. <laughs> Please have George R. R. Martin on this. List. I do not actually. What That's are a good you doing? One. Uh, next one up, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Oh. <laughs> He's 38 years old. Um, I think Ryan Gosling is either gonna like <laughs> be like really ugly when he's old, or just <laughs> look the same pretty much. <laughs> I feel like he's that's irrelevant. I feel but. like he's gonna look the same, but just have gray hair. I think that's kind of <laughs> what's gonna happen too. Um, he, what? How's Ryan Gosling gonna go out? Um, let me think of some of his roles. He's been a driver. He's in the notebook. You know, he's <laughs> the notebook. He's going to go out notebook style. He's going <laughs> to die next to his, his wife. His wife uh, doesn't remember anything. She gets her memory back for five minutes, and then they're going to crawl in bed and die together, and it's going to be sweet and beautiful, and everybody's going to cry. And it's the perfect way for Ryan Gosling to go out at the perfect age of 100 on his 100th birthday. All right. Meanwhile, I think Ryan Gosling is just going to go out into space, Neil Armstrong style, <laughs> but uh, he's... He's not gonna come back. <laughs> when? When? How old is he gonna be? Oh yeah, how old is he gonna be? Uh, he's gonna be like. <laughs> what do you mean he's just gonna go out in space and never come back? <laughs> We're not gonna know what happened to him. <laughs> I think uh, he's he's gonna be like. It's gonna be like ten years from now. <laughs> he's gonna die at a fairly young age, forty-eight. Do you, maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's just going to the aliens it could be we consider him dead we declare him dead all right who's next betty white betty white okay i won't let you look at the age hold okay look away betty white age all right how old do you think betty white is 94 she is 97 years old (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know betty white was that old i thought she was like 90 she's still kicking it she's doing good for 97 years old oh wow January 17th, 1922. Man. <laughs> what a time she's lived. She was like, she was a teenager during like the Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Um, Betty White. She's going to live another 20, 30 years. <laughs> and she's just going to decide. She's just going to like, <laughs> she's just gonna be like I'm gonna die right now and, and while she's like laying in bed with her family like not even in the hospital like she's just in her bedroom she invites her family over and she just decides I'm going to pass away right now and then she closes her eyes and then she's dead I feel like her last words are gonna be like a weirdly like weirdly modern joke because every time I listen <laughs> to Betty White she always seems weirdly up to date on what classifies as humor because she's always really funny <laughs> and so I feel like she, her last words are going to be this just a joke she's she's really funny I admire her Betty White we order you never to die alright uh, this one, this next one's going to be an interesting one uh, Ronald Reagan <laughs> <laughs> how did Ronald Reagan die 
Trick question. Rama. He's not dead. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> Rama Reagan died of pneumonia. That's a huh. bummer way to go. That is sad. How old do you think he was when he died, Holden? Uh, well, like I said, I think he's still alive. So whatever age he is, <laughs> or he would be right now. So according to Holden, Ronald Reagan is currently 118 years old. <laughs> oh, 108 years old. Excuse me. Yeah. 108 years old. Where is Ronald Reagan? Um, I don't know. He's probably like in the Congo or something. He died at the age of 93. That's an actually that's not bad actually. <laughs> Good for him. According to that fake news LA Times. Yeah, jeez. LA Times. Um Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to say he's going to die of pneumonia since that's how he died. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to say he died at the age of 93. Okay, this last one is going to be the most is going to be the most fun one have fun with uh tom cruise tom cruise all right so tom cruise how old do you think tom cruise is uh we should be 55 is he that old yeah i'm pretty sure he's in his I'm, 50s I mean, he might be even a little older i'm gonna say 58 all right all right and the answer bump it up oh i was closer 56 dang it july 3rd is his birthday okay. so really everybody's just 24 hours late shooting off all their fireworks in the united states yeah um 56 years old he's obviously gonna die making mission impossible like <laughs> yeah, 24 that's what i'm thinking what what stunt do you think he's gonna do that's gonna kill him <laughs> it's gonna be in space it has to be in space <laughs> he's gonna fly a spaceship into the sun <laughs> and he's not he's gonna live the first time and he's like no we need a better take and then he's gonna do it again. And he's gonna die. Okay. Right, and that's how his character dies too. And you know, like he, the character like <laughs> Ethan Hunt just Ethan flies, Hunt dies flies into Tom the Cruise. sun to sacrifice himself, and Tom Cruise insists on doing the stunt practically and for <laughs> in himself. And that's how he's gonna go out. All right, I dig it. And and how is he gonna die? And your, I think he's gonna keep living. I think he's gonna have a bunch of near death experiences making uh, Mission Impossible, but. I think he's just gonna keep on cracking. Moon pay. What a time to be alive. Well, we have a segment that we like to call What a Time to Be Alive. It's when we can kind of take some random news or a random story from uh, whenever in time, somewhat recently, and we share it because it's funny. This one is recently, and I don't know if you saw this, but it is related to movies. <laughs> George R. George R. R. Martin turned down a cameo in the final season of Game of Thrones to work on writing The Winds of Winter. That was his excuse. <laughs> he... <laughs> First of all, reaction to that. Um, yeah, I, I imagine, imagine George R. R. Martin being like, "Sorry, guys, I I can't cameo on this. I can't show up to the set for one day to cameo because I got to work on this book I've been writing for eight years." <laughs> I've I I saw that story and I was just kind of like, "Why would that take it out of your time? Because the cameo would not take long." That's at all. what I'm saying. Like, what sort of excuse is that? I mean, I. I it's think been it's... eight years, George. They can wait another day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I was kind of upset when I first heard that story, but I think like the more I, uh, more I thought about it and like thinking about it now, I'm kind of happy he didn't. I think that would have just like taken out of the show. Really? To see George R. R. Martin in it? No, he should. It's kind of like when Ed Sheeran was in the last season. Okay, that was dumb. Yeah, I was like, wow. Was that season seven or season six? Oh, season seven. Yeah. Um. 
fun fact, Holden, he did appear in a cameo in the original pilot at the at Call Drago and Daenerys is wearing wedding. Uh, but that was cut out because the original pilot was apparently terrible and Daenerys was recast as Amelia Clark. Huh. Interesting. So, I think you should be like just in the background. Like, you know, George Lucas and Revenge of the Sith is just kind of standing outside the, the theater yeah. know, with his daughter. Should have done something. I think you should have been in it, George. I think he should have been on that. <laughs> I think he should have been some random peasant guy <laughs> at the end of the show. <laughs> Everybody dies. He gets the Iron and Throne. And then he gets the Iron Throne. That would have been good. Fitting. <laughs> uh, and that that is my story for what a time to be alive. I don't have one, so we can... What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive, indeed. All right, Holden, it is time for our non-spoiler review of Velvet Buzzsaw. And uh, I imagine this is going to be pretty brief. Yeah. Not I think a ton I'll... to talk about without spoiling. Yeah. So the story, kind of synopsis, is that um, Jake Gyllenhaal and company are a bunch of, like, just mean art critics uh it's kind of a stereotypical kind of just snobby art people who are very pretentious and yeah use big think words. of mean art critics and that's who they're playing and that is literally every character in this movie pretty much um someone stumbles a guy dies in this lady's apartment building and she uh she works in the art world and she is also jake gyllenhaal's love interest in this film and they kind of try to sell this guy's art but then the art's like the guy won the art destroyed and the art starts killing everybody so that's kind of this story yeah it's a horror movie supposedly and satire supposedly yeah we'll get into that holden did this movie have any strength in your opinion yeah uh i think it definitely had some strengths i thought the i thought jake gyllenhaal was pretty good jake gyllenhaal was pretty good um I thought I didn't think every, um, I didn't think every line of his. Uh, some of the writing for him was kind of weak, but just his performance was really good. He did he he did good with what he had, um, but, uh, yeah, other strengths. I don't know what, what some of the. I think some of the visuals are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Um. Like the sequencing was of like the scenes themselves. There were some shots that were just visually nice, had a nice aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have too many things to say about the strengths. It was uh, the second half was pretty entertaining to me, more so than the first half. Yeah, once, okay, the. F- Okay, I personally thought the entire movie was kind of boring, but like once it got to the second half, it at least held my interest a little bit because that's when stuff actually starts happening all right do you, do you anything to add to the strengths or should we start ripping this movie let's apart? start ripping it all right this movie it's f- fine at best probably i it's i liked it more than you did holden i think yeah all right i was at least entertained more so uh i think this movie has way too many characters um, yeah and way too many of them are introduced right away none of them get very few of them get actually fleshed out in the story. Um, I thought like the pacing was weird. There's a lot of wasted actors in it. Yeah. Like, because John Malkovich is really good and his character and it just doesn't need to be there at all. David Diggs, who plays like the street artist guy um, who gets pulled into the art world, it, he's terrible. Um, or no, well, he's not terrible, but 
his, his he doesn't yeah he doesn't need to be there um, um yeah i don't know it's just i this movie just i like from like a the message they were trying to convey i our people are snobs i guess yeah the satire was like really heavy-handed to the point where it like wasn't good satire because like good satire should it you shouldn't i mean you should be able to tell what it's like making fun of or whatever but it shouldn't just be in your face about it like this was because this was just like talking about how pretentious and like terrible the art world is and everyone in the movie was just an awful person and that's really did they have anything else to say about it no really not there were very few redeeming qualities to to being a part of the that culture that environment yeah it just like it made <laughs> like as fun as some of as interesting as some of the art in it was it like i it just like made me not want to go to an art museum yeah and like and not and not in the way that the movie wanted me to think that i don't think it's it's just like because now i see all those people there and they're just like all these pretentious snobs and i don't know but i don't think it was necessarily the satire i think it was just the way the movie was velvet buzzsaw what a movie huh yeah but at least it was free on netflix it, yeah well with the ten dollar a month membership yeah. or whatever yeah yeah um do you have anything else to add to this whole uh uh non-spoiler wise not a ton to talk about no. that's interesting non-spoiler wise just way too many people way too many characters very few of them fleshed out pacing's weird yeah. Tonally, kind of all over the place. I guess I could didn't wasn't great satire, wasn't great horror. I could add that I felt like there were I felt like there were several scenes just missing in it, which is like saying something because the movie is already really long with it's a bunch too of scenes long. that don't need to it be is there. Too long. But I felt like they didn't cut out the necessary scenes to cut out. I felt like there were just some scenes they had filmed and they had written as part of the script and they didn't adjust for it when they cut them out because to me it felt like there were just gaps in the plot what are you going to rate this movie Holden uh, I'm going to give it a uh, let's give it an eat my shorts and eat my shorts yeah which is like it's a bad but not terrible yeah yeah. I'm going to give this a glass <laughs> which is pretty equivalent to that although I think I enjoyed glass maybe I don't know they're both pretty bad I yeah. maybe <laughs> They're both bad. I guess. <laughs> uh, that translates to about a not I, not terrible, but not great. I I would say like a five out of ten. I'm giving it probably like a four, maybe five. I don't know. I right now I'm feeling more critical on it than I was initially. Yeah, I think this the first half of the movie drags. Second half is entertaining enough if you if you're not if you're just kind of watching it as just. A beef horror movie. Maybe the film is a satire on us. We're being pretentious, oh, critiquing it. Wow. Well, in other words, I'm going to change my rating to 10 out of 10 <laughs> <laughs> and recommend that everybody sees this movie. Yeah. All right, Holden. I think that wraps up our non spoiler review. Let's move on to spoilers. I agree. What do you want to talk about first? Um, Let's talk about the death scenes. The death scenes are the only thing that are really worth talking about in this movie. Should we, uh, how do we do? We just want to go in kind of chronological order here? Uh, or, or just. We don't even necessarily have to talk about all of them, just okay. the ones that we like or want to mention. Or, okay, what was your favorite death scene? Uh, the only, okay, 
I wasn't as fan, a big fan of the death scenes as Jimmy was. The only one that I really thought was, was entertaining was Tony Collette's death scene. Yeah. Um, when she, I think she, that is the best one. Yeah. Uh, she's the one who like gets her arm ripped off or whatever. But yeah, I I thought that one was pretty entertaining. Mostly because, like, she her character kind of took a weird 180 in the movie. Uh, some of the characters took weird 180s that didn't really match their character. She didn't, like, at the beginning of the movie, she didn't seem that bad. But then she, like, just started being this, like, big old bitch. And, <laughs> like, she's, like, a third of the way into the movie. And then, so, it was kind of entertaining to see her um, get her comeuppance, I guess. <laughs> I mean, her death was telegraphed. Or, I mean, a death was telegraphed by that sphere thing mm-hmm. at the beginning. What did you think of the sphere thing as, like, a concept in art? Interesting. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. And I thought that whole scene was, like, the best-looking scene of the movie as well. Like, that the shot where she's looking uh, straight into where you put, like, your mm-hmm. arm into it is really cool with the, the, chrome, the chrome surface of it and the reflections. That whole scene is, like, underlit, too, and... Quick side tangent, I think, because uh, you briefly mentioned it, I think, uh, I and I briefly mentioned it earlier, I think the art is actually one of the positives in it. I think some of the art they have is interesting, Yeah, to say the least. And I'm not, I'm not a big art guy, but I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. So, I would say that was the best one. I, mm-hmm. maybe Jake Gyllenhaal's the second best for me. Just because I um, thought that creepy animatronic guy was actually pretty creepy even though he, i feel like you could have just pushed him over yeah that ro- that robot did not look very sturdily built like i feel like he could have just fought his way out of it um i did didn't think jake gyllenhaal needed to die at the end i didn't i don't know exactly what message they were trying to convey through him dying no um yeah i guess that would probably be my second favorite too i i wasn't even really a huge fan of it but I was expecting him to get out of it, and then he just kind of died, because I thought it was kind of anticlimactic for his character. But yeah, and he wasn't even like the last one to go. Yeah, like the let's third cover the last. worst death. The worst, the last one. That's the worst one. I think worse than the painting death. Yeah, or the. Okay, I think. I think pretty the much painting, all the other deaths are dumb. Like I think the, the painting car crash. That was pretty dumb. I think the painting one Plus, was at least kind of visually interesting, but I thought like the last one was just stupid. Well, like the painting one didn't make any sense because she's just in the middle of like uh quote unquote like bad neighborhood, I guess, or to her standards. Yeah. And she's like in the parking lot waiting for her car or that for that one car to be towed so she can leave. And then she turns around, and then all of a sudden there's an art gallery there that wasn't there before. And she's like, I'm going to walk into this. And then not only that, I'm going to shout when I get into the get into this art gallery. Like, <laughs> is anybody here? I'm waiting for this car to be towed. Could you imagine just someone just going into the... going into If that was some a real art, art gallery, yeah. I'd be so mad. Yeah, she'd be out of there. Like, And she's an art person. Like, that didn't make any sense. And then she's just standing in there while the whole thing's getting flooded with paint. And then she just becomes part of the painting yeah and that's not the worst death in this movie no i think the worst death is the last one i because just because like it obviously it was a lot quicker but i just it was so dumb it was the way that the title came into the movie no we're in spoilers now so yeah um it but yeah like the whole the whole buzzsaw cutting her neck or like carving a hole into her neck or whatever 
her tattoo. Would that kill you? Yeah. If you just had so. a hole on the back of your neck, would do you think that? I don't know. I kind of took it as it was like it like went through her neck or something. Maybe I don't. What? Regardless, it killed her, and I thought it was really stupid. It was pretty dumb, and it was like an unnecessary twist. Yeah. It was like a. Uh, <laughs> they should change this name. The name of this movie to Velvet Buzz Saw. Because it was the twist ending. They could have just played the saw music yeah, at the end. Yeah, it should have been another saw It would have been fitting. Um, what like what did you think of the overall like premise of this movie? Even, uh, I thought okay, I thought the premise was kind of cool just because I think like paintings coming to life and killing you maybe in creative ways would be really not would be neat. Um, and I mean it's probably been done before in other stuff, but I, if they do it in like different ways, it'd be cool. But I, uh, I mentioned to you yesterday that I, the movie to me felt very much like the Cloverfield Paradox, because, <laughs> which is another not very good horror Great movie. movie. Um, but it it just had a lot of deaths in it that weren't that weren't really like, they they couldn't really be explained within the logic of the, like the movie. And I, because a bunch of the art. Like, some of the paintings do kill people, but, like, a bunch of the deaths come from other people's art that aren't connected to the guy who died. So I was, like, I was just yeah, really like confused. The, the, s- the sphere, sphere thing and, and the, the animatronic robot. robot. Yeah, I, I, it didn't make sense to me why those were necessarily killing people. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess Jake Gyllenhaal kind of said bad stuff about that robot so I mean at least that but like Tony Collette's character didn't even like loved the sphere thing yeah that's that killed her what okay we we talked about this a little after we saw it but what did you think of the CGI in this movie and like or the the visual effects and the thing I brought up was that I thought it was like intentionally bad but not uh bad like not bad enough to like come off as intentionally bad (laughs) like i think they made it they wanted to make it look like a really cheap horror movie yeah but but it wasn't bad enough to know that they tried to do that because it might just be really bad visual effects yeah i kind of agree with that but i i don't know i to me the only thing that was like blatantly really bad was the effect of her arm getting ripped off like I, and that like it's just, is jarring. Like it's yeah. like takes you out of the movie. That seems like, so unrealistic. That didn't like I I didn't that didn't affect the scene for me just because I thought it was kind of funny. But um, I don't know. That was the only one that felt like really bad, and so that's why I, like I don't think it was maybe necessarily trying to be that way. I guess um, like weird and <laughs> uh, low budget and campy. <laughs> what did you think of all the? the students coming into the museum because they just left her body there they just thought it was part of the that was that was kind of funny even though it, <laughs> it would have never happened in real life no way um and what did you think of uh coco the character who just walked in on everybody's death and uh, everybody's corpses yeah i she was like the only likable character just because we she didn't know anything, do anything about her <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you felt bad for her because she kept walking in and our bosses dying. So, <laughs> yeah, and then it, I don't know this movie, man. It's one I don't need to see again. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know like what else to say about it. 
I guess I, I guess we could just say that like the first half just like drags and drags like nothing really happens. happens and you don't even know what's happening because you don't know who the characters are at all yeah and you don't know what they like they're just being snobs like n- no one in this movie is that likable until Jake Gyllenhaal in the second half when he's like holy crap we gotta stop all this but at the same time I'm going nuts yeah and um and then that girl like was she just like using him the whole time or yeah I don't I couldn't she just that, seemed that's part of like the problem. a jerk yeah, part of the problem with like the the screenplay of this is that you just can't like none of the characters what they're saying or doing or a lot of them don't make sense. Like the 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 lady who ends up finding the the paintings, her character, I I don't know the actress's name, but her character she started out and she seemed like an intern or something and she seemed like she yeah, was just trying to please like, her bosses or whatever. And she finds the paintings, and then that. But that's then she's like in. maybe under. She's then she's like trying to undermine them, but then she's caught, and yeah. then she's like somewhat equal. Her position changes so much. Yeah, and I'm like, it's just the amount of like change that happens is so rapid and unexplained. Like it does not fleshed out. Like time I'd lapses say, are also not given any sort of like indication. Yeah, like there's so much information that's just lost in this way it's like how long did it take for the story to occur when did all these changes happen like um, a lot of them happen like off screen like you like you mentioned they're like felt like scenes are missing like one scene at the end um before jake gyllenhaal's death he's talking to coco and she's like do i still have the job it's like what wait, when were you working for him now yeah her yeah her job her job didn't make a lot of sense throughout the movie sometimes you'd see her like get a job from someone but sometimes she'd just have a job um the whole like status of what the paintings are doing like or like where they are because sometimes they were being sold sometimes they were in storage and then there was like how many there are there seems like there's like a lot of them but then Mm, how many of them are putting them like how many of them are they putting in store it felt just very inconsistent all around script and then there are characters that uh, in my opinion, don't serve any opinion or serve any purpose mm-hmm. to the movie, and they'll yeah, they, we, we and they're like and then that. they're in it for like too long too. Mm-hmm. Like the the guy who first hires Coco, who gets uh, who gets hanged in that oh. like no, it's hanged. It is. It's annoying. It's hanged. I'd much rather uh, be hung. Okay. He gets hanged in the attic sort of thing that which was a I thought was a dumb death scene mm. like he's just a jerk and like <laughs> i see in the movie at all like it didn't need to i feel like the, everything with him yeah wasn't necessary and could have just been taken out That's, i would not have lost anything yeah i agree there's just several characters like that that don't need to be there the more we talk about this movie the more i dislike it <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how i feel too but i think i'm gonna stick with my rating yeah Anything else to add? Should we wrap up the spoilers? I think we should wrap it up. All right, we're wrapping up spoilers. There's a lot more. Okay, hold well, on. Time for our final segment. What are you doing? What am I doing? Woo! Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. First of all, got to start eating. I've been holding this apple for a yeah. while. All right, listen to this, guys. 
<laughs> my goodness. Mm. Well, That's a uh, good apple. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to begin the segment now. All right, go. Uh, I've been, uh, Netflix added uh, the newest or the most recent on that I've been aware of, the CNN 2000s series, mm-hmm. the ones with they, where they do all the decades. They start with the 60s, and now they're up to the 2000s. They finally added it on Netflix because you can't like find them anywhere on the Internet, which is annoying. But I love those documentary things. They gloss over a lot of things, but I think just in general, they give you such a good idea of kind of what the decade was about. And, you know, the TV ones are especially interesting, lets you really know what was prevalent in culture. Um, And I just, man, I can't get enough of those. I hope they keep going. I hope they, like, go back and do even more segments to the ones they've already covered. So I've been watching, uh, I've watched the TV ones so far. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very good. They really like The Sopranos, <laughs> obviously, and Breaking Bad. Uh, I, I'm also currently on season five of Game of Thrones. I'm in the middle of it, just like Holden's in the middle of that apple. Mm, looks good. All right, Holden, take it away. Mm, okay. Oh, there's stuff out. Better keep this all in. Um. Okay. Um. So. My what I've been doing this week, I just finished True Detective season one. Ooh, it's pretty good. It isn't was it? really good. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, the whole ending was very exciting, and you guys should all go watch it if you haven't seen it. Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, what a duo! Um, if you don't have HBO now or HBO Go or whatever, what are you doing? Because yeah. you have Game of Thrones. It's got like all of the best True television Detective, on it, I know. And then people really like Curb Your Enthusiasm too. And Veep is supposed I to don't. be really good. <laughs> Westworld's on there, man. Oh, like, yeah. I like they don't have the quantity of like Netflix or the Amazon Wire, or man. Hulu. The Wire's on there. The Sopranos, mm-hmm. like, like HBO is kind of the, the opposite of us. They're quality over quantity. <laughs> We're quantity over quality. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm heavily um <laughs> yeah uh watching more king of the hill like i always am um i went and saw a musical last night clue the musical that was interesting if you guys ever have a chance to see a production of clue the musical you should go do it it's who was, pretty cool who was the killer holden the killer was colonel mustard with the with a rope and it was in the lounge and you said that can like it varies. There are like so the, many different. Yeah, there's supposedly like 216 different endings total. Um, and obviously, a lot of those are just small variances on each other, just with like a different weapon uh, or whatever. But yeah, there's there's a lot of different endings, and that's kind of cool. And so I, I might go actually rewatch it today. Um, and beyond that, I don't think. Uh, we should wrap on. this up before we start dragging on like Velvet Buzzsaw. I agree. Man. Boom roasted Velvet Buzzsaw. <laughs> Eat my shorts, Velvet Buzzsaw. Eat my shorts. Um, all right, well, let's wrap this up, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the words of Thomas Jefferson, four score and seven years ago. <laughs> we need to wrap this up. We need to wrap this up. That was a good one. It's, it's funny because Thomas Jefferson didn't say that. Yeah, that's the humor. That's the humor. And now that I've explained it, it's even funnier. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, check out our Facebook 
Twitter pages and Patreon if you want to check in a buck. We are concluding this episode of Tom, but next week we have a great episode coming. Uh, first off, Captain Marvel's coming out. Oh, first yeah. time we review a Marvel movie on here. The implications for Endgame, you do not want to miss that. Mm-hmm. Also, on Wednesday of this week, I will be at a dinner with uh, famous podcaster Josh Larson of Film Spotting, a uh, very prominent film podcast. So I will let you know how that goes. Maybe I'll, you can see if I get an interview with them or maybe not. But I'll let you know how that goes. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to us, Holden. Say something. Eat an apple. Mm. Damn, that's a good apple. <laughs> that's my new uh, f- catchphrase. Quote Sir Isaac Newton when an apple hit his head. Wait, Damn, that? that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, you guys. You're pretty cool. And I like you. I don't know about Jimmy. Probably not. I don't really like you. Hold and go back into your closet. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I've right. only been out for a couple hours. <laughs> he always eats on the podcast because that's the only time I allow him to eat. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. 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 <laughs> hey, doll, merry doll. Ring-a-dong, dillo. Ring-a-dong, hop along, fell willow Tom bum, jolly Tom, Tom bum,